You may be seated in Jesus' name. It's so good to see everyone today. You look so pretty. It's all dressed up and smell good and look so nice. Families are all sitting together and you brought some friends and and a few folks come home to be with us that maybe moved away for a little bit and we're just glad everybody's come to lift up the name of Jesus. I pray that this is a very special day for you, not just for pictures that can be taken. I think there's an area for that out in the lobby that you can stand with your family and take a picture. Uh, maybe you're going to have a meal together uh, in a little while. I hope that you do. It's going to be a special day to do that and to share and be together with family. But I pray that you have an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ today that actually changes everything about today and the tomorrows in your life. As a matter of fact, I want to make mention that here in the next few moments as we conclude this message, we will have people at the front that's prepared to uh, take you. and We have areas for you to change and robes for you to put on. And you can be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus on Easter Sunday today. Today. You will find repentance as soon as you just begin to call on the Lord and say, forgive me of my sins and fill me with your spirit. You can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost today in this service on Easter Sunday. No matter of your sickness or disease, we know that with His stripes we are healed. We are healed. Today is going to be an amazing day for a lot of people. I was reading uh, in regards to some Jewish customs, and Passover happens to be right about the same time as we celebrate Easter Sunday in this time of the year, and the Jewish custom at the beginning of Passover, it is said that when the Israelites fled from Egypt, that they left in such a hurry that the bread that they had prepared for the journey didn't have a chance to rise. So to honor this during Passover, observant Jews don't eat bread products that have been leavened and instead eat matzah, which is a flat, unleavened bread. In addition to avoiding breads in this celebration of Passover, from passing over out of Egypt into God's promised land, this time of Passover, they avoid breads that have risen, leavened grains, and foods that have any trace of wheat, barley, oats, spelt, or rye. They're all forbidden. These foods are known as chemets. They're forbidden in Passover. So to prepare for this celebration of Passover, they do away with all of these foods. The Jews rid their home of chemets. In their houses, they thoroughly cleaned their kitchens, their living rooms, their bedrooms of any chemets. They clean it. They want no trace. As a matter of fact, they will go and take fire in their kitchen and their stainless steel sinks and they will put fire to cleanse their sinks and their kitchens from these foods that are forbidden for their house. This process is called cashering. 
They are coming to the point of cleansing the house from the forbidden. I thought that an ironic Jewish custom that here we are at Easter, this body is the house. It's the temple. It's the, the earthen vessel in which God's spirit dwells. So in this setting today, in this beginning today, in this Passover of celebration of what God has done and is doing, I feel like this is going to be a day where somebody's going to say, I just need to rid the house of some forbidden things. I want to be cleansed in my heart and in my soul and in my mind. I want to be free from those things. So Lord, today would you just forgive me of all my sins? And would you allow the fire of your spirit to just cleanse and purge my heart? And would you allow the waters of baptism to wash me and cleanse me? And then would you just place where all of that forbidden was, would you just place your Holy Spirit to give me power and authority over all that is before me? Today is going to be a great day in the house of the Lord. The Easter message today must be shared. It must be read. It must be spoken. And every part of the Easter message is covered with the blood of Jesus. It is a covering for your sins. It is a covering for your suffering. And it is a covering for all disease. Because with his stripes we are healed. With the covering of his blood, the shame they were singing about earlier is taken away because our sin is forgiven. The book of Matthew chapter number 27, as a matter of fact, if you go to the last couple of chapters of each of the synoptic gospels, you will find the story, you will find the, the uh, reading, the, uh, the life of what happened in the last few days of Jesus Christ. And when you go there, you'll begin to read. I'm going to read in the book of Matthew chapter number 27. And I'll read verse number 24. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather a tumult was made. He took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See you to it. And then Matthew 27, 25, then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when they had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers, in verse 27, of the governor took Jesus unto the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had platted a crown of thorns. They put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And verse 30, And they spit upon him and they took the reed and smote him on the head. And after they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him and they put his own raiment on him and they led Jesus away to be crucified. This is the beginning setting where they mocked him, they beat him, they put the crown of thorns upon his head, they ridiculed him, and then they took him away to be crucified. 
It is then in verse number 33 of the book of Matthew chapter 27 when they were coming to a place called Golgotha. That is to say a place of a skull. They gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall and when he had tasted thereof he would not drink. They crucified him and parted his garments casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there, and set up over his head this accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. That is the scene of the cross. They took the Messiah, the Savior, and they suspended him in the heavens between two thieves. He who was without sin took my sin, took your sin, and hung upon the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. The pain and the suffering, the blood and the stripes, the moment, the hurt, the struggle, the ridicule, those who mocked him, those who spit upon him, the spear that went in his side, the blood and the water that came forth, all typifications that it's the blood and the water that saves us. It's the blood and the water that saves us. It's the blood and the water that heals us and delivers us. It's all about the story. It's all about the story. We could go on and on, but let me just take a moment and take you now to the 50th verse in the book of Matthew chapter number 27. And verse, the 27th verse, and the, the 27th chapter, and the 50th verse. Then Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil in the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. And when the even was come in Matthew 27 and 57, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and he laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. This is where Jesus died and was taken from the cross and was taken to a borrowed tomb. It's the story of how he ended the flesh saying, it's time. I could have called legions of angels to deliver me from this cross, but I needed to stay here, and the flesh needed to suffer and to die so that men and women for generations to come could be forgiven and could be delivered. I had to die so that they could live. I had to suffer so that they could find healing. I had to hang here suspended so that you could know that shame could be taken out of your life. Sin could be forgiven and placed beneath the blood of Jesus Christ.
Jesus is saying, through me, you can find healing and union. I can heal your family. I can save your marriage. I can deliver your soul. I can take away sin. I can bring back hope and life into your situation. It's the Easter story today. It doesn't stop there. He went to the tomb, and there's a huge rock rolled in the front of the tomb, but it didn't end there. Matthew chapter number 28 now says this. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary and Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and set up on it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. For he is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. That, my friend, is the story of he came out of the tomb. Jesus is alive. There were those that came to find him still dead, to add ointment to his deceased body. But when they came, the angel was there. The stone was rolled back. Those who had been paid to watch that place now were as dead men. But the angels declare, he who you seek is not here. He is risen. Jesus is alive. There is hope because Jesus is alive. There have been idols that have been built of individuals. There are religions that worship entities that there is a time of their birth and a time of their death. But there is a message story about Jesus Christ that he is the one, the true, and the living Savior. He is not dead. He is alive. He appeared unto many walking down the streets. He appeared unto those in rooms that the doors were closed because Jesus wanted to declare, I am alive. To the disciples in whom have followed me and been with me, I want to appear because you watched me die. You watched them place me in that tomb. But I want to come in your presence and tell you, touch my hands. Touch my side. I want the disciples to know I have risen. To commoners who were just walking down the road, he appeared and walked with them just so when he departed from them, they said our hearts burned within us. Jesus is alive. That's the message. Can I tell you, the book of Genesis chapter number one says this. It says that in the beginning, in the beginning, this world was void. It was without form. And this is one thing the scripture declares is that there was darkness upon the face of the, of the deep. The whole earth was covered in darkness. Covered in darkness. Also, when you begin to read Genesis chapter 7, verses 19 and 20, you find out that the floodwaters came upon the earth. 
And the whole earth was filled with water. Those that were living that was not in the ark with Noah died. They perished. And the Bible says all the mountains were covered with water. Genesis 1 says there was darkness covered the earth. Genesis 7 said there was judgment covered the earth. Our lives and our sins and our past and our struggles and our heartaches. It seems as though darkness has just covered the earth. I don't know what you're feeling whenever you pick up the news or you listen or you hear what's going on around you. And there's all kind of issues and problems and there's introductions of philosophies that are contrary to God's will and his word. There seems to be a blanket of covering upon the earth. A covering of darkness. And then if you look around, you can see judgments coming because of sin's great you know, involvement in the souls and the lives of people. But then all of a sudden I begin to read some of the psalmist's words about a covering. Psalm 85 and 1. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sins. Selah. You were held captive by all of the restraints of addictions and struggles. There was a covering that got a hold of you that you couldn't break free from. You were struggling by the things that were happening in your marriage and in your home and in your family. Just covered up with stuff. But the psalmist said, Lord, you've been favorable unto us. And you have come to bring back the captivity. There's restoration that's coming back to the house of Jacob. And I want to thank you, God, because you have forgiven the iniquity of the people. You have covered us now, not with the darkness and the judgments and, and the estrangement into lands, but now you have recovered us and you have brought us back and you're forgiving our sins. And the Bible says thou hast covered our sins. It goes on then now in the book of Romans chapter number four and verse number six. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man upon whom God imputeth, imputeth righteousness without work, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins. Can somebody just, can somebody just imagine this? That our sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Because our sin are covered. God has taken us from the, the darkness of sin, the judgment of sin, the heaviness of sin, the addiction of sin, the generation of sin, the curse of sin, the, the hatred of sin, the malice of sin, the struggle of sin. And God has said, blessed are those who are now forgiven Blessed are those whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man in whom the Lord will not apply his sin to him, but will cover him with his blood. Will cover him with his blood. Now can I go back to the story in my conclusion here, and can I just say to you that when Jesus stood that day, he didn't have to take the first stripe. 
The crowns didn't have to be planted on his head. He didn't have to walk that hill to Golgotha. He didn't have to go through the pain and the beating and the suffering and the hanging. But he did it because he said sin is in the earth. And I don't want my people to be covered with their sin. I want my people to be covered with my blood. Go back to those, the message of Easter where no matter what you've done or who you are or where you've been, they sang it in the song a few moments ago. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been or what you, God will cover you with his blood. Not just any blood, but the blood of Jesus Christ because the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood of Jesus. I need to set you at ease here for a moment. We don't have anything to sprinkle on you today. <laughs> if you came and this may be your first time or you hadn't been in a while, despite what people say about Pentecostals, we're not here to sprinkle anything on you. But we do know what is happening while we sing. And we do know what is happening when we preach. And we do know what is happening whenever you begin to say, Lord, I need to cleanse my heart. I need my heart and my life forgiven, my sins to be forgiven. We do know what's happening right now when you begin to pray and repent of your sins. The blood is covering your sins. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Pastor Sullivan, you don't know what I've been through. It don't matter. You don't know what happened in my family and my divorce and my sin and my situation and my jail time and my addiction. You don't know what's going on in my life. I don't, but it doesn't matter. Because the blood of Jesus has come to cover your sin. Cover your iniquity. Cover your unrighteousness. I wonder if you would stand for a moment in this service. The blood of Jesus covers. It's been a few weeks ago when we begin to pray about what will we talk about here today. We begin to share and talk about it with our music team. So we've sang about the covering and the blood of Jesus today. Because I felt so impressed that there's going to be people in this building on this Sunday that need to start over. You just need to start over. You've just been struggling and you need to start over. Well, this is a great day to start over. So we're going to invite you here to come. And somebody will walk with you to this altar. And we'll pray with you. Because we need to be cleansed. And we need to be forgiven. And there'll be people prepare and help you to get ready to be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And it washes away all of your sins. And you will be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And today, you will start over. You know what you've been wrestling with for the last few days and the last few weeks? The things you've had struggling with in your life. Thoughts and actions and attitudes and issues. Today, God's going to forgive you from all of that. 
and he's going to take you to another level because you're going to be covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. I want some of our ministers to come stand across this front if they would. And as they do, I want you to just, if there's a friend close to you that maybe, maybe you know a little bit about what they're going through and they just want someone to pray with them. Maybe there's somebody that you're with here today that needs a healing in their body. Maybe there's a family situation, someone that just says, you know, I want to come and just ask God to touch my marriage and my home and my family. We want to invite you to come today. If you're sitting close to somebody, just ask them, would you go down with me? I don't want to walk down there by myself. We got a couple places you can come pray across this front. There's another altar area right there in the, right behind these, this floor level. And there'll be somebody that will step down right there and pray with you. I feel like God wants to touch somebody's marriage today. God wants to touch somebody's confused mind today. Come on, would you just come down here for just a few moments? I'd like to invite some our family, church family members, if you just come gather in here for a few moments. Whatever your situation may be, come on, there's several coming. If you just step out, God's your healer today. God's your deliverer today. God can set you free today. God can give you exactly what you have need of today. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's victory in the name of Jesus. Come on, it's happening right now. Somebody's about to be covered. Somebody's about to be set free. All you have to do is just lift your hands right now. Would you just lift your hands? Lord, forgive me of my sin. Lord, cleanse me today. Lord, do a work in my life that only you can do right now. Come on, find somebody next to you or around you and just pray with them for a moment. The Lord knows what they have need of in their life. Come on, God knows what you're dealing with right now, friend. Let him minister to you right now.